Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Tamara Girardi, who will be talking with us about her book, Why Daddy Why? My goodness, Tamara, what a book. Why Daddy Why? I can't wait to dive into that. But before we do, tell me a little bit about what makes you, you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me here for you and for Familius. Well, I am a mother of four children and they are pretty young. My oldest is 10. My youngest is three. And so my house is a little bit beautiful and chaotic at the same time, which a lot of families out there can relate to. I also am a full-time professor for a community college. I teach English and then I write picture books and young adult fiction. So we are just very busy, but the best possible busy. So I appreciate that. Oh my goodness, you are juggling quite a lot. (laughs) Okay, so I think we're going to find out where the Why Daddy Why comes from. So tell me a little bit about what led you to write Why Daddy Why. The story was inspired by my third child, Gabriella. And when she was about three years old, she got into that Why stage that parents know very well. And she actually asked questions by using the word why at the beginning of the sentence and at the end of the sentence. So it was just double the fun, I guess. And we just thought it was so cute and we used to laugh about it. And then that's right around when I started writing picture books. So I thought it would be kind of fun to just celebrate these questions that are really overwhelming for parents And how we can sometimes lose our patience with them, or we can choose a different route, which is trying to be patient and answer as many of those questions as possible. Um, So I also noticed as a professor who works with college students that my college students are often um, hesitant to ask questions or they apologize when they ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was really fascinating that I had this three-year-old that asked me a hundred questions a day and was very unapologetic about it. And then I have my college students that don't want to ask questions. And it started to make me wonder about that progression through stages. Um, So I think just asking good questions was something I really started thinking about. And so it sounds to me as if you realize that children become socialized to not ask questions because there's some sort of judgment about asking questions, right? And that questions are actually one of the most wonderful ways of learning about life. Right, absolutely. And I think what's interesting too is on my website, I I have several quotes from teachers and librarians that I asked, can you read the book and tell me just what you think? And they all talked about the beauty of the inquisitiveness of the book Mm -hmm. and how that just honors children at that age. And I thought it was really interesting too, because, you know, we, we also tend to talk about, there's too many questions, you know, I, fewer questions. 
And I think that socialization comes from peers and from parents and maybe from teachers over time. Questions are not as celebrated as they once were. I think that's such an important point. And I'm so glad you're bringing it up because if we don't question everything, from our parents to nature, to our politicians, to our teachers, we're not ever going to learn that A, it's okay to question, B, that we have a voice, and I'm sure there are many other aspects of it, but also how to question. Like there is an art to questioning, to knowing, is this a question for myself? Is this a question to take to a therapist? Is this a question to take to a group? right? You know, and how do I phrase the question to get the best response? So there is definitely an art to question asking, isn't there? I think so. Absolutely. And through the whole process of writing this book and publishing this book and talking to teachers about this book, I feel like I've learned to try to be more patient with, Mm. with my children when they ask so many questions. And I think that's just really important, but, and it's hard for some, sometimes it's hard for us to be patient with all of the questions and all of the things going on in our lives. So I think that's always a good, a good reminder. Yes. And so I have a question about little Gabriella. Is she still, you know, has she amplified her interest in question asking? Has it dissipated over time? What's she like now? I think she does. She does really love to, to ask questions, but I find her fascinating. My husband and I call her our summarizer. So if we'll say something like, you know, you really, really shouldn't do that, then she'll say, because if we do that, then this could happen or this could happen. And so she, she loves to kind of take the value of information and Mm -hmm. summarize it, which I tell her all the time, again, as a college professor, the ability to summarize information and distill it down to a statement like you're doing is a very, very beautiful skill and it will take you very far. So I think that it's just really interesting to see how she has kind of transitioned to maybe not necessarily being the questioner, but taking the information that she's hearing and summarizing it into a kind of a cohesive answer it's, it's just really interesting. I, I think that, you know, just paying attention to those aspects of our kids, it's just so fascinating. They're all so different. Isn't that beautiful that you're able to see that, that here her questions really have value. Sometimes we ask questions just to maybe hear ourselves talk or, or just to question because it's fun to question. And she's actually taking it another step to say, you know, to really say this the response you gave me is of value and I've learned that and I've internalized that and therefore I can make these distillations, these summaries from that information. And so that is a testament to your patience and guidance. Well done, mom. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about the book itself. So the book is a board book and um, the main characters are a daddy bear and his little cub. And like we said before, it celebrates that natural inquisitive um, nature of children. And what I love about the the book, the format is it's in a question and answer format. Mm. So the baby bear, the cub asks questions about bubble baths and story time snuggles and why daddy does everything that he does. And the answers kind of always come back to the daddy's love for the little cub. So it's just, it's really... It was really fun to write and to share with people now that I have some some friends who are reading the early copies and giving feedback to see the way that 
it makes them, you know, grown adults think about the relationship that they had with their father when they were really young and all the adventures that they went on and just those special moments between just two people in a family, which I think is also really special because, you know, in a big family, my husband and I notice all the time that one-on-one time with the kids is just mm-hmm. really special. We don't have it as much. So this story is really just a one-on-one story between the cub and the daddy. Mm-hmm. So it's also about the closeness and the closeness and connection that can come from questioning and having somebody respond to you in a healthy way, in a loving way. Yes. Isn't that, you know, and it's so beautiful because when you think about it, well, let's take it to the grade school environment or home environment. If a child is met with a, oh, you're pestering me, stop asking questions. Or the teacher ignores your hand when you're raising your hand because you have a question. And then, you know, I hope that we've all had that experience where a teacher or somebody says, there's no such thing as a stupid Mm -hmm. question, right? Right. There isn't because, and I remember hearing that because I was always raising my hand, asking questions and, and the people would tell me this, that there are probably 20 other people in this room who have the same question. Thank you for asking it. And I think that that's the most beautiful, well, not the most beautiful, but such a beautiful part about your book is you're really setting the stage for children to learn. This is how it can be. You can ask a question, you can get a really focused, attentive response, ask the question, get a response in a healthy way. And then of course, you're teaching parents that this is the kind of dynamic that is really helpful and healthy for children's be- children because it is such a busy wor- world. And we sometimes forget the importance of, as you said, slowing down to be patient with our little ones and the big ones in our lives. Oh, absolutely. I think that I always said, you know, when I had another child that love just grows and multiplies, there's no limit to love, but there is a limit to patience and we have to kind of work on that. So that's something that I work on every day is just being as present and as patient as possible. Mm, You're reminding me. So in the, as you know, in the familiar world, we have 10 habits of a healthy family. We love together, play together, learn together, work together, talk together, heal together, read together, eat together, laugh together, and give together. And it's interesting when I weave those into what we're talking about today, that why daddy, why, you know, why mama, why being able to ask questions and have the parent give, right? You're giving to your child when you slow down, tune in and you're, you're patient. You're helping the child learn. You're helping the child feel loved and seen and doing it also in a playful way. You know, there are so many of the elements of what it takes to be a healthy and happy family in your book. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, thinking about those, those habits in the story, the, the characters just have wonderful experiences together, but I think it's also interesting because all of the questions kind of lead back to multiple benefits, just like the habits, you know, the habits are multiple, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're reading with your child, it's not just that you're reading, but there are other healthy habits that we talked about that can be addressed as well through that one experience. Um, I think in the same way, kids start to learn a little bit, maybe multidimensionally and think about the fact that whenever let's say one of the questions in the book is why do you wear a watch? And the dad says, so I know when it's time to give you a bubble bath. 
But obviously there are many reasons that a dad wears mm-hmm. a watch, right? It's not just that one reason. So I think it's just special for kids to start thinking multidimensionally in that way, that it's not everything is just like these singular connections, but there are these different elements, just like the 10 habits. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense because it's so interesting because you're going almost the opposite of summarizing. You're amplifying. You're saying, wait a second, let's look at the other side of this, where there are, there are so many facets to, you know, why is daddy wearing a watch? Well, so I know what time to give you a bubble bath so I can come home from work on time. So I know when to kiss mommy, right? Right. Yeah. Right. All of these different things. So you can, you can make it bigger too. Sure. And that is such a part with the, that I love about reading with children and reading with adults, right? Is it begins to open up our world. You know, it's, it takes things that we tend to summarize a little bit too much, right? Like love someone, you know, love your partner. We don't tend to amplify it often. Love your child. We don't tend to slow down and say, how can I do it? And what big ways can I do it? And I think that's one of the things your book really offers. Right. I think, yeah, just thinking about what do these things mean? And they can mean many things. You know, the healthy habits, they mean many things. The the value of reading, there are many, many examples of that. So I don't know. I think it's it's just special to to open up those opportunities for conversations with with children. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about books. When I'll read this with my children, they'll pick out something different than I pick out. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they'll they'll read it. Hopefully, hopefully people that, that get the book will read it many, many times and as their children grow and with multiple children at different ages. And I think it's just interesting to think about how everybody looks at the same piece of material from a different perspective. And that opens opportunities for many, many other questions and conversations and, you know, just opportunities to connect with the people that we love. Absolutely. I think that's such a beautiful point because when you talk, it's one of the most common pieces I hear in the work that I do is that idea of conversation. Books present the opportunity for conversation, interaction that allows us to see from other people's perspectives. And when we're working with a child and reading to a child, the delight of seeing the child's perspective, which often has so much more wisdom and freshness than our own perspective. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's just so interesting because there are questions in the book that came from three-year-old Gabriella that, you know, now she's seven, seven-year-old Gabriella will not even realize that she asked those questions at some point. So, and I, and my son now is three years old. So it's interesting that the book is now releasing when my, when her younger brother is at that same age where he's asking Mm. those questions. And now she has the opportunity to see what that's like when someone keeps asking you question after question after question. And it goes by too quickly those years, don't they? So parents, Mm. listeners, embrace it for all it's worth. Oh yes, absolutely. So when you look at how your work, specifically your children's books, make families happier, how would, how do you think that happens? We've talked a lot about it, but is there another key way that your work helps families be happier and healthier? You know, I think that, you know, we've talked about that aspect of sitting and reading with a child and how special that is. But I have, I think the beauty of board books, which you know, obviously why daddy, why is a board book, but the beauty of board books is that you read them so many times 
that you probably don't need and need the book anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way that just becomes a part of you and that becomes a part of your relationship with your child. You know, I, each one of my children, we've, we had different board books that were sort of the, the signature book when they were at that yes. age. And, um, you know, reading them now, like you said, it goes so fast looking back and reading them. It's just, it's very nostalgic. Pretty special, aren't they? All you have to do is see the book on the bookshelf and it just brings back all of these memories that are just part of the fiber of who you are now. Yes. And it's just really special because it's not just about that one experience of sitting down and reading the story, but it's about building that tradition around that piece of literature, which is really special. I think that's what's just really beautiful about a board book. And my favorite board books, you know, I've purchased multiple copies of them. Uh, you know, we purchase it and then they chew on it or they tear the page or, and you, you know, you tape it and you keep it together for so long. And then you get to the point where it's just time to buy another one and you just do. And I just think that that's just such a testament to how special and nostalgic those, those books are um, from that age. So I think that that is something just building that tradition mm. is important. Um, is an important element of, you know, potentially why daddy, why I sure hope so. I mean, I sure hope that people connect to it in that way. And, you know, there are definitely books out there that celebrate the father child relationship, probably not as many that's as those that celebrate the, the, the mother child. Yeah. So I hope that, you know, that's something that kind of becomes special too from this book, that it's just that opportunity. And I mean, I, I think just writing picture books was really special. I started writing picture books at a difficult time in my writing career, but in my life as well. Um, after I had my youngest son, I was pretty sick after delivery. Oh. And so I didn't want to be separated from my children to write. And so I started writing with them, you know, sitting with them, listening to what they were saying, talking about different ideas. And, you know, we would kind of laugh and make jokes, you know, turn jokes into stories. And, um, you know, I think that's part of the reason that why daddy, why came into existence. Cause I was just sitting with my daughter, listening to her ask questions. So it was my desire just to be closer to them and spend more time with them that I started even writing picture books. So I, So you turned a challenging health experience into an opportunity to to share not only with your children, but with the greater world. I I guess so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It says a lot about you. Yes. Yeah. I think that I don't know. I hope I hope people just enjoy it. Well, I am certain that they will. I am certain that they will. So are there any other pieces you'd like to highlight before we begin to wrap up? Well, I want to read something that you wrote to me while you think. When I asked you, what do you believe brought you where you are today? And you said, the belief I could get here, the hard work to make it happen, and good people around me to encourage and support me along the way. I think that's such a beautiful statement because it really wraps wraps up so many of the healthy habits in one sentence, doesn't it? It's all about love. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. I think that, you know, and as a parent, that's something that I think about a lot with my children. And we talk about a lot, especially when they have difficulty with other, other friends in school, or, you know, they're feeling that someone wasn't kind to them. You know, we always just talk about surrounding yourself with people that, that want to make you better. 
that want to be kind to you and want to lift, lift you up. And, you know, I think re- reading does that for people. You know, we've talked about all of the many things that reading does and it, it does. It, it makes you just more empathetic to others. But yeah, I think that's just an important message for our families. And there, I'm just running through my mind now the number of books that Familius publishes that offers messages like that for children and for families. And it's a lot. It's a lot. And again, just looking and saying, we as individuals sometimes can't do a whole lot. But when we are powered by love and the loving support of people around us, we can do magnificent things. And that is what your book is sure to do for for readers. I'm I'm really excited for you. So thank you for sharing your time with us today. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure, such a true delight. And I'd like to know where can our listeners find you? Well, my website is my name, TamaraGirardi.com. And I have several links on my website to my social media, but I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And all of those links are on my website. I also have developed so many wonderful activities for parents and teachers and librarians just little crafts and worksheets and things like that. Not worksheets in the sense of actual work, but they get to draw pictures and kind of fun stuff, fun worksheets. Excellent. Um, So yes, all of that I'm going to be sharing um, through my website. So if anyone's interested in that, they can go ahead and subscribe and then they'll receive those materials that they can have some fun with their kids. Excellent. Thank you for those resources. So listeners, I will spell Tamara's name. It is T-A-M-A-R-A space Girardi, G-I-R-A-R-D-I. So it's Tamara Girardi, and you can find her at TamaraGirardi.com. That's right. There we go. All right. So thank you listeners for being with us. And as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families, such as the wonderful book we talked about today, Why Daddy Why? One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine as only you can do. Mm-hmm.